Hey there, everyone listeners. Thanks again for tuning into Sin's Workshop. Hope you're all having a wonderful day. So today we're going to be talking about um, Rise of the School of Forgotten Evil by Samantha So this is the prequel to the School of Forgotten Evil series, um, which is coming out on Netflix soon, and you have no idea how excited I am. So... Mind you, I love this series. This is a series, you know, when the first book first came out, um, I stumbled upon it, right? I just, you know, me and mom, we went to the bookstore and I needed something to read. So I just sat down and I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. Read it, started reading it. And then when my mom's like, okay, it's time to go. Mind you, I was, I'm 30 now. So it's not like I was a kid or anything. Um, I was a high schooler. I was in college, I think at that time. And um, I was just like, I need this book. So I left with it. Every book after that, I freaking pre-ordered. And I even pre-ordered this one. Absolutely love the School for Good and Evil series. And I was so excited to read this book. And let me tell you, it lived up to every single one of my expectations. Because now we're learning about the schoolmasters. We're learning about Rafal and his brother, Rain, Rian. I, I always have trouble um, pronouncing his name. But... We're learning about who they were before the events of the School for Good and Evil. In fact, this is long before the events of the School for Good and Evil. And I think what's really interesting with the School for Good and Evil series is the author is constantly, constantly, constantly focusing on those kind of tropes, you know, what defines evil, what defines good, and he's flipping them on their heads, you know? Agatha, it, oh, you know what, I don't want to spoil it, but, you know, you think Raphael's evil, and if you read the School for Good and Evil series, he is evil, but was he always evil? And I think you're seeing here is a perfect balance between the two brothers. Each one is capable of good, and each one is capable of bad. They balance each other out so much. They are the perfect twins because neither of them is whole without the other. You know, one is not good. One is not evil. Not in the typical sense anyway, not in my opinion. But I think what happened is they decided to define each other as one good, one evil. And that's kind of where you get to see the relationship kind of start to fall apart. You're seeing these brothers struggle with the roles that they have to play. You're seeing these brothers struggle with their love for one another. And I think they lose sight of that, you know. They lose sight of they are each other's happy ending. But that's what the pen told them right from the beginning, you know. They will be as immortal as long as they love each other, as long as they stay true to one another. That is what makes for such a compelling story here and i loved it i loved seeing characters like hook and aladdin and hephaestus i loved seeing the foundations of the school become the school as we know it now i mean it didn't start off that way it was just one school and the teachers all taught together it wasn't two separate schools. And I f think it was so interesting to see this. It's like, okay, so how did we get from point A to point B to point C? You know, I really hope that the next story is going to be about the war between the two brothers. So I think that would be really, really cataclysmic. I think it would be amazing to see 
that war happen. But because of that, it was just such an amazing story. It was written so well. It really was. And I loved seeing the fleshing out of these two characters and how the story evolves and all the twists and all the turns and all the Easter eggs. Like to me, because I'm such a fan of the series, because I've read the School for Good and Evil series and because it's still so prominent in my memory. I mean, it just makes you want to go back and reread the, the series. And oh my God, if Netflix ruins the movie, I'm going to be so pissed off. You have no idea. I'm going to be... I'm going to be pissed off. I'm, Netflix has been doing good with their adaptations, you know, but I'm very protective of my school for good and evil. <laughs> I really am. So I'm hoping there there will be six movies. There will be a total of six movies. I would absolutely die for that. Love it so much already. But in any case, I think the story itself is just well written, you know, it has excellent pacing to it. It has good characterization. And it doesn't just focus on the brothers. It focuses on the other characters. It focuses on characters like Hook and Aladdin. Characters who we define as either good and evil. But where are they good and evil? And again, it, that theme keeps recurring. What does it mean to be good? What does it mean to be evil? Evil attacks, good defense. That's always been the model motto of the school for good and evil. And... It's just something that captivates the reader and grabs the reader. And it makes you think and it makes you challenge this idea of what it means to be good and evil. Can you, I mean, I think if you're a fan of the series, you know Sophie is evil, but she's not, you know. <laughs> and he, even here, Rafal is supposed to be the evil brother, but he's not, and I was completely blown away. I absolutely sympathized with his with this character. This, and it makes me understand all of his motivations so much more. This is a boy who just wants his brother's love. He just doesn't want to lose his brother's love. And then you have Rian, who's just so. I mean, this is a recurring theme: love. If you read the School for Good and Evil series. That idea of love and loving someone a little bit too much that you don't want to let go of them, that is a recurring theme throughout the series. And it really does raise the level of storytelling to a very mature level. Again, I'm 30 years old. This book is not, it's, it's for kids, 100% appropriate for kids. But the message, the storytelling, it's all so very... thoughtful it's mature it's compelling and that's what I think is probably the best part of the story I love that juvenile fiction writers nowadays are writing their stories in a way that can grow with the, re the readers you know they're talking about heavy-handed things but they're not dumbing down the storytelling for kids I'm an adult and I appreciated the storytelling and level of maturity for this story. But it was also, again, a story that grips you. You know, it's fun, it's entertaining, it has its jokes, it's had excellent pacing, it is written for young readers and it definitely reads that way, but it's also written for older readers as well. You can be 13, 15, 
30 and you will still appreciate the message within the story because that's just how good of a writer Saman Chinani is. He is absolutely freaking amazing with his storytelling and the way he weaves the story together and constructs it and focuses on the love. He focuses on the character dynamics. He focuses on the character growth and to just see the origins of the schoolmasters begin here before exploding into what we fans of the School for Good and Evil series know is just amazing. Do you have to read the School for Good and Evil series before you read this book? No. Personally, I would recommend it because it'll make you understand so much more. But if you want to read this one first before you start the Good and Evil series, I mean, yeah, go for it. Um, it's not like it's going to spoil the rest of the story for you. I just think you should read them in publication order, in this case, versus order of the series. You know, go through one through six first before you read the prequel. That is what I think will work. Again, you don't have to do it that way. You can read this one first if you're thinking about getting into the series, but I really think you should read it in publication order. In any case, this is such an amazing novel. So amazing. Absolutely loved it. Fucking loved it. Sorry. Language. <laughs> um, I think it was amazing. I think it was great. I think that there is just a whole lot of captivating storytelling that makes the story stand out. So, um, on that note, I'm going to give Rise of the School Rise of the School for Good and Evil a uh, 5 out of 5 stars. Surprise, surprise. Absolutely loved it. Can't get enough. Um, 5 out of 5 stars. Please remember to purchase the book from your local bookseller or online book retailer if you want to support the author. Other ways to support the author if you cannot purchase the book are check out the book from your local library and then just leave a review online somewhere. Just take a snapshot of the picture and post it on your Instagram or your TikTok. Just love the book and share it. <laughs> uh, anyway, I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to my channel and share it with all your book-loving friends. Hope you all have a great rest of your day and as always, happy reading.